And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. It is season four, episode 14. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. We are absolutely thrilled to have you here with us. Our 14th straight episode, 14 straight weeks of NAI Ball Podcast. And folks, this is the final week of the season for just about 95% around the nation. Teams will not be playing past the 2nd of May, the final weekend, the final countdown. It is absolutely massive. I am your host, as always, the voice of NAI Baseball, Mr. Robbie Gutierrez, at Rob G 1063 on Twitter if you want to follow me. Before we bring in the foremost authority on NAI Baseball, Mr. NAI Ball himself, Cody Butler, we have to tell you about the people that sponsor the show. All we ask here at the show is that you help and support the people that support us here at the NAI Ball company, everything we do. Silverback Sports is the title sponsor of the NAI Ball podcast at Shop Silverback for socials and shopsilverback.com. Go out there, give them a look, give them a follow right now. Go to their website while you're listening to the podcast at Shop Silverback. Like all their photos, like all their tweets if you haven't done it already. If you've done it, unlike them, re-like them, get them back up there in that algorithm once again. It's an NAI-made company, strong and durable materials, run by NAI coaches, Everything you need for arm care and training essentials, Silverback Sports has your back. Wrist weights, rebounders, plyo balls, everything that you could want at durable and affordable prices for team and individual use. They just sent out a big package a couple weeks ago to the Yankees. The Yankees. So y'all need to be checking them out at Shop Silverback, shopsilverback.com. Support the people who support NAI Ball and the NAI Ball podcast. So with that, thank you for supporting NAI Ball Silverback Sports. Now we can bring in the foremost authority on NAI Baseball, Mr. Cody Butler himself. Cody, baby, what's going on today? I'm doing well, man. We're coming up on our favorite time of the year, postseason baseball. Absolutely, 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 absolutely thrilled. We are getting closer and closer and closer to that postseason, man. It is the most exciting time of the year for us. It is something that we love. And if anybody from Twitter is out there, get us Twitter spaces, please. Okay, because we already have some really cool ideas. We want to do a, you know, during like the World Series where Cody and I do a a watch with, but it's an audio room only, so we're not violating anybody's copyright policy. But, you know, a, a watch along with us where you're watching the game at home, we're watching the game at home. Uh, you get our thoughts on it during the NAI World Series. I mean, we are absolutely just stoked for Twitter Spaces to come out. So much more live content. We will be going live tomorrow. Uh, this podcast being recorded on Tuesday, Wednesday, tomorrow, a new Top 25 comes out. So we will be live on Instagram talking about that Top 25. So we are definitely looking forward to uh, the opportunity for more live content, Cody. And in this show, man, it's a good one. We've got shout-outs and mentions. We're going to discuss the GPAC, the CCAC, the GSAC, the RRAC. We're going to update all of those standings races. We're going to talk a little bit about the Black College World Series that's going on this weekend, possible host sites around the nation, and then COVID and the postseason, what you need to know 
going into the postseason and what the NAI has put out there for your consumption. Games and series that you need to be watching in our big series of the week. So with that, Cody, let's go ahead and kick this off. Shoutouts and mentions for this week, and we'll kick it off with the number one team in the nation who we think will still be the number one team in the nation tomorrow, Tennessee Wesleyan. They win the Appalachian Athletic Conference regular season title and clinch the number one seed in the AAC Conference Tournament. Number three, Cumberland's. They won the Mid-South Conference regular season title for the third consecutive year. Their ticket is punched as the number one seed in the MSC Tournament. Number seven, Oklahoma Wesleyan won the KCAC Conference and has punched their ticket to the big dance, the NAI opening round in the NAI Baseball National Tournament. Number 19, Indiana Wesleyan won the Crossroads League season title for the first time since 2018, and they have clinched their ticket to the NAI opening round. Number 20, IU Southeast won the River States Conference regular season title for the third consecutive year, and they are going dancing to the NAI opening round. And then number six, Lewis Clark State College won the inaugural Cascade Conference regular season title, formerly the NAI West Division. LC will host the Cascade Tournament, and then they will turn right around and host the NAI World Series. Cody, also want to highlight our Players of the Week. The NAI Ball Podcast and Silverback Sports Players of the Week are Mid-American Nazarene catcher Joshuan Sandoval went 12 for 22 with two doubles, six home runs, and 16 RBIs in six games last week. And then Bellevue starting pitcher Graham Cahill threw a no-hitter in the conference win over presentation for the week. Cahill worked 10 and a third hitless innings while striking out 13 batters across two appearances. Cody, what you got for us this week in our shout-outs and mentions? I'm just happy you know, to start to see the field shape up a little bit, see these teams start to clinch conference championships. Really big week for Sandoval. Mid-American Nazarene entering the Hart Tournament on a 20-game winning streak. Would not surprise me if you're listening to this day, and they are in the top 25. Yeah, no, it, it really wouldn't either. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do because, I mean, they've won 20 straight. They've got an opportunity to – you know, they've stepped it up, have an opportunity to play their way in with a good showing at the tournament coming up for them in the, you know, HAAC. It'll be really interesting to see. And we're going to talk more about the HAAC a little later in the show, possibly for a big series of the week. But first, Cody, I want to go over the GPAC. So here's what's, what's left for the GPAC conference. We're going to go over some of the tightest conference races around the nation, man. And the GPAC is one of them. Number one, Concordia. Number one team in that conference, Concordia University of Nebraska, is 18 and six. They play a doubleheader versus number seven, tied for seventh, Hastings at 10 and 14, and then a doubleheader versus number 10, Dakota Wesleyan, seven and 17. For number two, Doan, Doan is 17 and seven. They have a four game series against number five, Jamestown, who's 13 and 10, and then number three, Mount Marty, has a doubleheader versus number seven, Northwestern, at 10 and 14. And then number 10, Dakota Wesleyan at 7 and 17. Cody, give me some thoughts on this GPAC conference here. Uh, who do you think can can really pull this one out for this regular season title? I, I figure it's Concordia because it looks to be the scheduling in their favor. I think they're the best team too. Jake Foskett, probably the pitcher of the year in the conference. 1-5-0 ERA in 10 starts. 80 strikeouts in 42 innings. 80 strikeouts in 42 innings. People only hit 160 off of them. Uh, one of the best pitchers in the country, leads the nation in caper nine. Uh, this team can pitch. I mean, they have a support ERA. They're hitting 350 as a team. 
Uh, we've talked about the freshman Jaden Adams hitting 457, 14 doubles, five home runs. Joey Grabanski, and if I say your name wrong, buddy, I apologize. I'm from Georgia. We do things slower down here. But Joey Grabanski, 364 average, 16 home runs this year, 44 RBIs. I think they're just a really well-balanced team. They mix it pretty well. But Dome, man, they just kind of run into a four-game set. They're tough against Jamestown, one of the better teams in the conference. So, yeah, it's going to be rough for them. And all really Concordia needs to do is handle business, and they'll be going to the opening round. Cody, a, a little bit going into the GPAC tournament, but would, would it surprise you to see a Jamestown who sits at like number five of the conference right now kind of be in that conference tournament playing for a championship? No, I wouldn't. A couple of weeks ago, I picked Jamestown to actually win the conference tournament. Jamestown playing Concordia this past weekend. They split a doubleheader. Uh, Jamestown won a game 11 to 9, and Concordia won a game 5 to 2. So, no, I mean, these two teams just played, they split. I think Jamestown shown that they can play with anyone in the conference, which, I mean, the amount of respect I have for Jamestown is why I'm not picking Dome. So, yeah, I definitely think that they could get hot and do something. Yeah, that, that would definitely be something interesting for me. Uh, I think I could see the same thing from, from Jamestown and see something like that. But I definitely think Concordia's got the, got the best way here. I think for Mount Marty, I think they've got a good opportunity as well, sitting in the three spot. But, you know, you're going to need – what four losses almost you're gonna need Concordia to go one and three oh and four next week and I, I just don't see that happening do you yeah no shot I mean they're 31 and eight in the season they're 18 and six in conference and let's let's be honest they're facing two teams in the bottom half of the league I just do not see that happening I really like Concordia's chances and I think they're a team like I said with Foskett that you probably don't want to run into in an opening round definitely not that first game yeah that first game will be interesting you know and it would depend on seating if they're able to hold this out you know if it really just where they would get seated because uh, if they're a, you know, a, a top three seed in, in that turn in a opening round tournament, then you throw Foskett game one. If they were a four or five seed in an opening round tournament, you could possibly hold off on Foskett game one and save him for game two. Uh, it, it would be very interesting to see. Obviously we we have no idea where, anybody will be ranked as far as um you know seating goes or anything like that so it'll be really interesting to see where where you go but man that's not a guy that I want to face in in game 1 either I agree completely I think it's one of those where they're on that line where are they going to be a high 4 seed maybe a low 3 seed right. potentially a 5 seed I don't think they're a 5 seed though I think they're either going to be a 4 or a 3 I would probably lean guessing that they're going to be a 4 seed which, like you said, would actually play into the favor of maybe saving Foskett. But, you know, I've seen, you know, we've seen teams in the past save their best arms and then never throw them in an opening round. And that's not what you want to do. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I saw them also is, is you know, a, a low three, a high four. But I could see them, you know, getting that three spot and, and running them out there against, uh, you know, a, a middle of the road, you know, middle, middle way two team and possibly getting a win just because he's a dude. He's an absolute competitor out there. So it'd be really interesting to see if they throw him out there into that uh, matchup. I I think if you're CUNE, you're hoping for that three seed so you can can possibly, you know, have the opportunity to get that win and then be two wins away from from a huge opening round championship. Uh, You win that first game, and and if you're two or three or, or one seed, and I mean, it's just all right there in front of you. It is just all right there. Cody, let's move on to the CCAC here. Number one, St. Ambrose at 20 and five has five games left. 
They've got a doubleheader versus number 11, Lincoln, and then three games against number five, IU South Bend. Then in second place, Olivet Nazarene at 18 and six has six games left. They have a doubleheader against the eighth place team in their conference, Trinity Christian. Three games versus the ninth place team, Calumet St. Joseph's, and a single game against the 10th place team, Trinity International. And then for Judson at 18 and seven, they have five games left. They will take on a doubleheader against the fifth place team, IU South Bend, and three games against the fourth place team, St. Francis. This one, Cody, is going to come down to the wire as well in the CCAC, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, this one's tougher to call. So this year, they're not going off win percentage. They're going off total number of wins. Now, normally, everyone's going to play 30 games, and you have to play 90% of your games to qualify. That's not the case this season because of COVID. Everyone has a chance. It's going to be tough. I feel like this is going to be a two-team race. I mean, I just, I really do. I feel like it's between St. Ambrose and Olivet Nazarene. When you look at it on paper, obviously Olivet Nazarene has the easier schedule. Olivet Nazarene should win out. If they win out, they'll be 24-6. and six. They need St. Ambrose to drop a game. If St. Ambrose wins out, they'll be 25-5, and five and they'll obviously win the conference, and they'll get an automatic bid. If St. Ambrose drops a game, they both finish 24-6. and six. Olivet Nazarene does have the tiebreaker, so they will get the automatic qualifier, which is just huge, absolutely massive for this conference. With Olivet Nazarene playing Trinity Christian, Calumet, and Trinity International, I actually really like their chances to just sweep out. They're playing hot lately. They've taken two, two good weekends in a row. They've really shown that they're playing at the top of this conference. St. Ambrose, they're going to sweep the doubleheader over Lincoln, no doubt. It's going to come down to those three games against IU South Bend. If they sweep those games against IU South Bend, they're going to the national tournament. You know, if they drop a game against the fifth team in the conference, it's probably going to go to Olivet Nazarene. Uh, I feel 100% the same way, and that's rare that that we kind of have the same feelings on things. But, you know, I think you're 100% right. Uh I think Olivet Nazarene schedule schedule wise has this, you know, the easier portion for themselves for St. Ambrose. It's going to come down into that game, that whole three game series against IUSB. And then on top of that, you know, Judson, if Judson just comes out in, in, you know, cleans house, they're in a great spot as well to do something special here, but it'll be, it'll be really tough for them playing IU South Bend and St. Francis I think Olivet Nazarene's got the best opportunity there, Cody, and and I definitely can can see that happening. Yeah, but I, I feel like this one, kind of like one we'll get into later in the show with RAC, is just it's going to come down to a game, and I think that is super exciting. I really do think this is obviously going to come down to a game differential. I think it's going to mm-hmm. come down to the the top two teams in the conference. You know, both of them have double headers where they should clearly sweep. I mean, they should just clearly sweep. I don't think it should be a question. And then they both have these series, when I call them like three-game sets. It's kind of crazy because, like you said, because this conference comes down to total number of wins, everyone is scrambling to play games. Obviously, the more games you play, the more opportunities you have to win. Uh, it's just honestly, it's going to be a really fun, I guess, week, as you want to call it. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, you know, all of it, Nazareth are going to be playing a doubleheader. Uh, St. Ambrose will have to play another game in a couple of games. I mean, it's just it's going to be quite the scramble, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out with big weekends for St. Ambrose and Olivet Nazarene. Let's move on here to the Wolver Hoosierine Athletic Conference. Number one, Concordia at 15-3 and three in that conference has two games left. They will play a doubleheader versus the third-place team, Madonna. Number two, Indiana Tech at 13-5 and five has four games left. They will play a doubleheader against the seventh-place team, Lawrence Tech, and a doubleheader versus the third-place team, Madonna. And then Madonna at 10-4 and four has four games left, a doubleheader with CUAA, 
and a doubleheader with IT. Cody, this is this is another interesting one. I feel like there's like five conferences that are coming down to their final day of the regular season play here, and it is it's awesome. It's awesome, and the Wolverine Hoosier is one that you know for the last couple of years is one that we've had to keep an eye on down the stretch. Big opportunity for Concordia Ann Arbor. We've talked about them so many times in years past. They just haven't been able to get over that hump. I think this is the year to do it. So right now they currently have two games left against Madonna. They're supposed to play Lawrence Tech. They're having a little bit of an issue getting that scheduled if that changes, and they have four games left. They control their own destiny. As of right now, all they would need is a split against Madonna and the doubleheader. You take one, you're conference champions, and you're going to the opening round, which I think would honestly just be massive for that program. Uh, Indiana Tech has an outside shot. they got four games left. Not the easiest set of games with Lawrence Tech and Madonna. Madonna, a couple of games back, I just don't see it, man. you got to play two against the number one and two against the number two. Absolutely brutal finish. Uh, just, you know, possible but not likely. Uh, I really do like Concordia's chances. I think that they've been the top team in this conference all year. Uh, they're 34-13 and 13 on the year, 15-3 and three in conference. They hit 308 as a team, and they have a 347 ERA. I just think that they've been complete. Uh, we've talked about them before. Tyson Kleinfelter has been incredible, a 1-3-6 ERA. Imagine pitching 56 innings and having a 1-3-6 ERA. Uh, really incredible. He's missing bats this year. People are only hitting a buck 84 off of him. I like CUA. I don't know who you're picking. I think Indiana Tech could obviously get hot. But the thing with Indiana Tech, you're just going to need some help. I mean, you played Concordia this year and you dropped that series. And I think that's going to end up costing them. I think it's it's Concordia as well. But I, I have to give props uh, to Indiana Tech, who started 12-3. and three, Or excuse me, 3-12, and 12, Cody. They started 3-12. and 12. They did not get their – they started their season on 220. They didn't get their first win of the year till 3-2. And then after that, they beat Missouri Baptist, dropped two, two to Central Methodist, and then lost three or four to Olivet Nazarene. You know, and they opened the season with Taylor in, in Tennessee Wesleyan. That, that could not have been fun. You know, they have totally turned around their season. They're 28 and 22 right now, 13 and five in conference play. So Indiana Tech seems to be at least turning things on a little bit more here at the right time. Uh, they did drop a game on on the 25th, like just a few days ago, to Cornerstone. But you know they have opportunities to really keep things hot, give themselves a chance down the road, and make a play further down. But I think the regular season title is going to go to Concordia. I feel pretty confident about that. Uh, the odds are are good. You go out there, you play Madonna in doubleheader. You just got to win one game. But I really, really, really like Indiana Tech down the stretch here because that's a team early into the WAC season. We were like, ah, oh, you know what? They're going to figure it out. They're going to turn it around. They're going to figure it out because this, that's a, a team with so much success in the last few years here that has really found their stride, and then they took a little bit of a step back here, slower start this year, and again, they're starting to pick up. So I like them further down the road, maybe in the conference tournament, but right now, CUAA, split with Madonna. All you have to do is win one. I like it for the Cardinals to get in and punch their ticket to the national tournament. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, for Indiana Tech, I will say, they had a really tough start, man. You mentioned it, playing uh, just ranked team after ranked team. Well, they had five games against teams in the top four in the country, and since he was in Central Methodist. Then you play Olivet Nazarene, a team that were crowning the CCAC champ. Uh, they played St. Ambrose, the team battling them for the CCAC champion. Really tough schedule to start the year. But like you said, they did not start conference the way we thought. We were like, okay, some tough non-conference games. They'll get back to it in conference. 
not really. I mean, they split a doubleheader with uh, Michigan-Dearborn, who was starting super late as well. And then you drop the two games to Concordia. And, man, those two games to Concordia are looking pretty huge right now. So, mm-hmm. like I said, they have a chance to get in the conference tournament and win the bid the old-fashioned way. 100% agree with you there. Cody, let's take a quick look at the Red River Athletic Conference right now. It is a three-team race heading into the final weekend. Our Lady of Lake, 16-4. and four. LSU Alexandria, 16-4, and four. LSU Shreveport, 15-4 and four in conference. Now, LSUA and LSU Shreveport play each other. Our Lady of Lake is going to head on down to Victoria, Texas, a few, maybe an hour and a half, maybe, away from San Antonio and in front of no fans there in Victoria, uh, take on you know, UHV for a chance to really do something special for their program, uh, win a regular season conference title in the RRAC and punch their ticket to the national tournament. But UHV seven and 13 in the RRAC LSUA LSUS is the interesting one because now you've got our lady of the lake playing UHV on Friday in a doubleheader. That LSUA-LSUS series does not start until Saturday. So if something happens and Olu comes out and just really, if they drop a game, if they you know blow a game, the, the simple thing is Our Lady Lake knows they have to sweep. They know that if they just sweep, everything's going to be okay because those two teams are going to play each other. And the fact that the... the real heavy matter of them possibly splitting is going to be the more interesting thing there, Cody, because that's that's a tough matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, best case scenario, if you're our lady of the league, you want to see Shreveport and LSUA, two of the top teams in the conference, go out there and split. <laughs> that would be ideal, right? Both of them win two games, then you only need to win three, and your job is done. I, I just think everything is in front of our lady of the league here. Uh, going into your last two conference weekends, you had Southwest and UHV. Uh, you actually had a chance to be in the conference lead. You dropped a game to Southwest, now you're tied. But I still really like their chances. I don't think that Alexandria is going to be able to go out there and sweep Shreveport. They might be able to go out there and win the series, put some pressure on Our Lady of the Lake. But, yeah, I do like Our Lady of the Lake's chances, and this is a big opportunity for them to get to an opening round for the first time. Yeah, I, I'm going to head on down to Victoria for that one. Uh, and well, I say down, but I'm going to head north to Victoria for that one. And and it'll be interesting to see because we'll have an idea Saturday of what it's going to look like. By the end of Saturday, we'll have an idea. And really by the end of Friday, we'll have a really good idea. Everybody involved will have a really good idea because the only way that LSUS can win this conference is, you know, they, they win the series against LSUA. Uh, you take three or four, let's say, against LSUA, and then Our Lady of Lake drops two to to UHV, who's seven and thirteen on the on in conference, nine and twenty five on the year, and zero and eight against LSUA and LSUS, which I just don't see it happening. It's going to be really interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to it because that's that's it's a different level, I think, for Our Lady of Lake. This was a team that uh, a year ago. Cody, I don't know if you remember in, in 2020 when I got to watch them right before COVID, I said that's a young team that's got some talent. 
that maybe just isn't ready. I thought, I thought, you know, after watching them against Central Methodist, I thought, all right, maybe we're still a year away. They're still pretty young. It's it's mainly sophomores and juniors this year, but man, they have the sweep of LSU Shreveport. They have come out in a big way, and they are ready to to put on, you know, to punch their ticket to possibly go and dancing. And they know. They know because I was texting with their head coach and I talked to Brian Ogney and they know that if they sweep their in their chances just increase. They just have to handle business. You have to go out there and play good baseball. And that's all you're asking for is there's seven and a nine each day of good baseball. And you'll give yourself an opportunity to continue your season. If you're a senior, you know, you, you want that opportunity to continue the year. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that, Cody, in the Red River. We've got one more conference to go over, and it is the GSAC. It comes down to one game. It's happening right now, Cody. Hope International, William Jessup currently battling it out. If Hope International wins, they have swept William Jessup, and they will move on to the GSAC Championship Series to play Ottawa, Arizona. If William Jessup wins, Vanguard is going to the GSAC Championship Series. Cody, this is stressful out West. Hope International, it's kind of a weird predicament. So Vanguard finished their regular season up on Saturday with Westmont. William Jessup and Hope International weren't able to play until Monday and Tuesday. So Hope International had the luxury of knowing exactly what they needed. Vanguard did not have their best weekend last week and actually dropped three of four, which opened the door for Hope. Hope needed four-game sweep. So far, they've taken three. Uh, right now, they're you know they're in the middle of trying to take this fourth game. They're actually losing this fourth game, but we've seen them come back already yesterday. So this is just crazy. This is all year we kind of thought with Vanguard, we're like, oh well, we have a team in the GSAC. Maybe it's not dog eat dog. Maybe it's we have a clear cut winner. And once again, the GSAC tells us to slow our roll. They humble us and they show it is dog eat dog. And you know this league is just always going to be like this. It's just so much parity, so much talent. And I'm really looking forward to just seeing how this plays out. And I think that best of three series, no matter if it's Vanguard or Hope, is going to be really special. Yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting to watch um, in that best of three series. But the thing with winning the best of three series is you don't have to sit at home for basically two weeks or, or you know a week and a half and wait, Cody. You don't have to wait because the team that's sitting at home, whether it be Hope International or Vanguard at the end of that, is going to be wondering, are there going to be enough at-large bids? And it's, it's an uneasy feeling. And it doesn't matter if you're ranked in the top 10 or in the top 25. If there are enough upsets, you're on the outside looking in, man. And it is not comfortable. Absolutely. Because at this time of the year, the top 25 is not, it's not relevant. It's not that very it's much. Not. It's meaningless. Yeah, it's not what they go off of. Uh, the selection committee just doesn't really care too much about it. And, you know, good for them. And they have their process they go through. And, and I'll be honest, I, I think you would agree too. I do think Hope International and Vanguard are probably in the tournament regardless. But yeah, but if Ottawa wins that series? Yeah, they, okay, that's that's a very fair point. And then when you look at off Ottawa, they have a legit ace in Anthony Quadrachi, a real guy that throws a really good velo. He's been up to 96 this spring, and uh, he's going to bring it. He's actually been offered an MLB contract before, turned down some money last year to come back to school, and uh, he's a real talent. So you go out there with him game one, and he takes game one. Obviously, they only have to split the doubleheader. And that's just a really cool story, Ottawa, Arizona, to win the East in their third year of baseball. Their first year of conference play in 2019, they went 6-45. and 45. 
This is a team yeah. that was six and 45 two years ago in our last full season. And now they're playing for a chance to go to the opening round. I think that's just a really incredible story. It really is a really impressive story for Tim Montez and his club. And they have a chance to steal a bid there, Cody. It, it's going to get really interesting out west in the GSAC. We will continue to update you uh, throughout this game with William Jessup and Hope International as this game goes on. Cody, really quickly, some sites that we could possibly see as host sites. I'm going to rattle these off, and I'm just going to name you the host institution of who the NAI has approved ahead of time to host, to possibly host an opening round tournament. Remember, out of all of these, we will only have nine opening round hosts. Not all of these have bid. I've heard of 16 hosts this year. All 16 teams that I heard of that applied for applied to host, excuse me. All 16 teams that I heard of are on this list. So here are the n- names of the schools that could possibly host an opening round just to give the people at home a better idea of where you could be going. But Arizona Christian at the Peoria Sports Complex, Campbellsville University at HIG Field, College of Idaho at Wolf Field Stadium, Corbin University at Volcano Stadium, Cumberland's Kentucky at Doyle Bull Stadium, Evangel at U.S. Baseball Park, Faulkner University at Harrison Field, Freed Hardeman at Carnes, Georgetown College at Robert N. Wilson Field, Georgia Gwinnett at the Grizzly Baseball Complex, Hastings College at Duncan Field, the Hoover Metropolitan Complex at the Hoover Met, Hope International at Dwayne Winters Field, IU Southeast at the Coder Sports Complex, Indiana Wesleyan at Wildcat Field, Lindsey Wilson College at Agnew Park, Loyola University in New Orleans at Segnet Field, LSU Alexandria at Generals Field, LSU Shreveport at Pilots Field, the Macon Bacon at Luther Williams Field, Mount Mercy University at the Plaster Athletic Complex, Northwestern College in Iowa at the Orange City Baseball Field, O'Fallon Baseball LLC at Car Shield Field in O'Fallon, Missouri, Oklahoma City University at the fantastic Jim Wade Stadium, Placer Valley Tourism at McBean Stadium, Southeastern University at Chana Lakes Park in Winter Haven, Florida, St. Thomas University at Paul Demi Maneri Field in Miami Gardens, Florida, Tabor College at Hobart Detter Field, Taylor University at Winterholter Field, Valley City State University at Charlie Brown Memorial Field, Vanguard University at Dean Harvey Field, visit Kingsport at the Hunter Wright Stadium, visit South Bend Mishawaka at Four Winds Field, Wayland Baptist University at David and Mert Wilder Field, Weber International University at Heart of Florida Field, Westmont College at Russ Carr Field, William Carey at Milton Wheeler, and York College at Levitt Stadium. Now, these are the NAI-approved baseball facilities to host an opening round tournament. I've heard of 16 teams, Cody, that have applied for bids this year. Only nine will get chosen. But I think there's some locks that we we know, uh, or at least in our opinion, will be opening round sites. Go look at the 2019 opening round list of locations, and a lot of those guys are going to be here again in 2021. Uh, I think they're just a lot of these teams put on a really good venue. I mean, they put on a good banquet, they put on good live stream, obviously put on good baseball atmosphere. So I'm you know really big fan of our opening round brackets. Best three days of baseball, absolutely love it. Uh, if I could you know, submit a recommendation to the NAIA. 
uh, Wayland Baptist. Remember that first weekend against Mid-American Nazarene? It was like 97 <laughs> to 80 or something. I would love to uh, make a new Barrelsville. Move the basketball move, score. Yeah, move it to West Texas, and let's just see how many home runs you can hit. I'm honestly really cool with that. That, that would be interesting. That one was approved by the NAI in spring 2018. Speaking of high scores, Cody, just kind of going off the cuff here, as uh, I know you love when I do this. But yesterday, and thanks to Shane Lance, at Shane M. Lance on Twitter, who is a uh, sports writer for the Sioux City Journal, was talking about game number one between Peru State and Briarcliff, 18-16. Both teams combined for 15 walks. But game number two, Briarcliff 33, Peru State 21. The teams combined for 44 hits with 16 home runs. Peru State had 25 hits in the ballgame, but issued 13 walks and committed seven errors. Briarcliff third baseman Mike Anthony had four hits, two home runs, and 11 RBIs. You know, it, it is just, I mean, neither starter went more than than two and a third for the Peru State starter. The Briarcliff starter didn't make it past two. Um, Peru State's Xavier Wright had three home runs. The game was seven innings long. Cody, I mean, that's just wild. I, I, we, I, I couldn't go to the show without mentioning that. This is honestly what I love about midweek in NAI baseball. It's everything I wanted it to be. Uh, the more runs, the merrier. We don't care about your ERAs here at NAI ball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unless you talk to intern, he really cares about his ERA. He really does. Like, he really cares about it. But other than that, like, no, it's fun, man. When I saw the squad, actually, their coach sent us that on a DM last night after the game. It's like, I'm ashamed to send this to you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Do not be ashamed. <laughs> this is actually one of our favorite box lines we've seen this year. So that game in the Mid-American Nazarene Wayland Baptist, I mean, those are going to be the two, probably the two most infamous games of the season so far. So, yeah, shout out to them, man. It's good baseball. I like it. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it good baseball. It's entertaining baseball. I like it. <laughs> uh, really quickly, I think, can we count out the Hoover Met? Yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't see the Hoover Met being in play. Where they, where they host the SEC the tournament. SEC tournament. Yeah, the <laughs> SEC tournament's going to be hosted there. I don't I don't see it being a play. Can I – is it – do we have enough time for one more recommendation? Sure. Valley City State. Send them up to North Dakota. Why not? <laughs> I drive through North Dakota on my way to Lewiston. I've done it two years in a row. Beautiful state. Uh, yeah, I recommend it. Go up there near Valley City State. Play some good baseball. Good to see that they were approved back in 2018. Yeah, there there are, I want to say, three or four schools that applied this spring for NAI certification. Uh, College of Idaho is one of them. Indiana Southeast. Loyola, New Orleans, and Southeastern all applied for certification this spring for hopes to, you know, be able to host an NAI opening round tournament. Cody, I think the, the two that we can bet on for sure is Kingsport and Georgia Gwinnett. Uh, Kingsport yeah, is, is just a staple, and Tennessee Wesleyan is going to be a number one seed, and they, they normally go there anyway. And then Georgia Gwinnett has the nicest complex in the nation on its home campus. And I think those are the two locks. I think Faulkner might, is, is probably a lock yeah, as well. Faulkner's a lock. I, and if they don't give it to Cumberland's after the, the reviews they got a couple of years ago, I mean, we heard Williams. Oh, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, so they yeah, definitely it, should get it. I watched all of those games. I watched more Cumberland's Kentucky games than I, than I did a few years ago than any other opening round tournament. The broadcast is good. And that's the whole thing. 
is it's the we want the players to go out there and and enjoy the experience and be in a great area and you know take it all in but at the same time like you have to have a viable broadcast with viable broadcasters you know people you know who are engaging and and make it entertaining because this is an opening round tournament so it, it's really I I love Jim Wade Stadium uh Oklahoma City University I think is a great spot I don't know if they'll if they applied this year, but there are some that I apply, that applied this year that I think are are not going to make it onto this list uh, or get get taken. But I think for sure, Kingsport as well as Georgia Gwinnett are are locks. I think Cumberland's Kentucky should host. I think you know that that is really good. I think O'Fallon baseball. I think that would be in you know Central Methodist. And that would be interesting to see at Carshield. That's a good location. I think that's a good spot too. Just it's a good location to send teams. Yeah, the send teams like in the Midwest. I think I think that's honestly a, a pretty good spot and big for Southeastern this year. Finally getting to host. I mean, they've been a one seed for what is it three at least three years running now, and they've been on the road every single year. So good for them to actually get to host this year. Yeah, send them out to Winter Haven, uh, Chain of Lakes Park. So, you know, that, that would be interesting. I, I think they'll get an opportunity to host as well. So there, there are several locations that teams can host from. We will find all of that out, Cody, rather soon coming here in the next week. And we will, of course, do a live segment on that when we do find that out May 3rd. So just a week away to talk more about the opportunity for, you know, uh, postseason baseball will have a better idea at that moment for who's going to be a, a bubble team and who's not. So before we get any further, Cody, one more thing to discuss, but it is the postseason versus COVID because whether we like it or not, we're still in the middle of a, of a pandemic here. Uh, I kind of wanted to go over some of the things that the NAI has put out there for public consumption about, you know, their championship series and opening round tournaments that include uh, COVID protocols uh, we had reached out for additional information and at the time of recording did not get uh, that back yet from the NAI, but we are looking forward to that as well as, uh, you know, we're going to talk to some people over at the Lewiston Tribune for some more information about how things are going in, in Lewiston because they are having some pretty good, uh, you know, rates there for, for COVID. They are they are down, you know, probably from where you live in, in the uh Atlanta metropolitan area, Cody, and then from where I live in deep South Texas on the on the Texas Mexico border. Uh, so they have really good, you know, rates down there. Positivity rates are low there. The positivity rate around the nation is down. These are positive things to see. But in going through the NAI's website, I, I ran, I stumbled across a, a media release from Jim Carr, the president and CEO of the NAI, who said that to date, seventeen thousand five hundred COVID nineteen. Antigen ed- tests have been administered on site at NAI championships, whether that be opening rounds or national tournaments, only nine positive tests. But unfortunately, this past week also brought their first disqualification due to a team having two on site positive tests in its official party. So if you have one test, Everybody, you know, the contact tracing, all that gets quarantined. If you have two tests on site at the NAI tournament, whether it be the opening round or the World Series, Cody, you're done. You're done. It's over. 
they also went ahead. He also went on to say that he gave uh, an update regarding the 2021 NAI Women's Golf National Championship, and due to concerns regarding a higher COVID rates and corresponding restrictions on athletic events in the state of Michigan, the NAI has moved that championship from Michigan to the Rose Creek Golf Course in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. The event dates, of course, will remain the same at the end of May. So there have been a lot of questions being raised by coaches and all that, Cody. And one of the things is that they recommend is a pre-championship quarantine, whether that be before the opening round tournament or going to like the World Series. Because at some point, Cody, it becomes, you know, when do you tell your team like, hey, we got to watch it because we, we don't want to take any chances. We want to, we have an opportunity to keep playing baseball. At, at some point, the coach is going to have to have that conversation with his players and say, maybe we don't go because they're in college to pretend like not we're missing out on, on house parties. It, it's a lie because we can look at what happened at Central Michigan this, this past weekend in an unfortunate circumstance with their quarterback. But that was at a house party. They're in college. I, you were in college. I was in college. I did not stay at home on the weekends in college. I know for a fact you didn't stay at home on the weekends in college. So, you know, you and I, you know, you could find me at Cowboys. Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays in Arlington, Texas, most of the time. That are at the Green Lantern. So, you know, it was one of those things where they're college kids, and at some point you're going to have to have that conversation about this is baseball only and when do we quarantine Cody and that's going to be a, a really interesting conversation to have yeah it really is man because we'd hate to see something take away from like a big moment I mean you I always go back to football you look at Alabama Ohio State you talk to the Ohio State fans they're still whining about not having defensive linemen due to obviously a really serious issue in COVID and it did impact them in the game a little bit so obviously you want to be at full strength you want to have everyone healthy ready to roll because it's all hands on deck in the postseason uh, yeah I would hate to see anything happen to any team in the tournament because of that. We want to get everyone squared away. I hope everyone's healthy. And I just hope that we have the best teams, best players, everyone ready to go to give us the best postseason possible. Because after not having one last year, I am like just amped up, ready to go. Um, yeah, no, I'm so ready for postseason baseball. They are asking, you know, and, and of course your coaches have probably read all of this, but, you know, um, just that you keep your masks on, utilize six feet away from other people, you know, don't eat anywhere that you don't have to. Um, they know, I mean, it's going to be hard. They, they, there's some things that are really hard to ask for here where it's like in, in article three, where it's on page six, it says, um, single, single room occupancy. And it's just really expensive to do in the NAI. So you, you're going to have to put multiple people together in, in there, everybody before they, they leave, whether it be for the opening round or for the national tournament has to do either a PCR test with within 72 hours of departure from campus for the championship or an antigen test within 24 hours of departure from campus for the championship. So they're going to have to do that, submit test results. They're going to get tested at the championship or at the opening round or final site locations. Uh, And all of that will be done approximately 24 hours prior to the first competition, as well as every 48 hours after and there will be no testing on the last day of an opening round or final side event. 
it'll be really interesting, Cody, to see what happens because they're, the NAI puts out, I mean, it's like 15 pages, each of these things tells you what happens following a positive test, asks you to remove people. I mean, it's really good information that they put out there, but the, that last part after that, what happens if there is a positive test is if there are two positive tests in the official party at any point during the championship, the entire team is removed from competition. And that is something that we do not want to see. They are, they're asking teams not to get to their sites more than 48 hours in advance, you know, to keep coaches meetings virtual. There's no parade of champions this year, which is unfortunate because that was a really cool thing that I got to do in, in, you know, Lewiston as a player in 2013. And then thankfully no real rule changes or anything like that. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens, but the NAI has got some really good information out there if you need it uh we, we're still trying to find out about attendance policies in the state of idaho and in uh nez you know uh purse county there in lewiston to see what their requirements are or anything like that so a lot to look at still we'll keep you updated of course at nai ball for all of your new stat scores and informations as always that you need from around the nation for anything nai ball we will have that for you we are contacting the right people you know we are Going to talk to the Lewiston Tribune here in a few, you know, in a few days, and get more information on what's going on in the state of Idaho with their COVID restrictions and things like that. So, Cody, I mean, any any thoughts on this? Because this is that's a big deal. Two tests and you're done. Two positives and you're done. Excuse me. Hit the nail on the head, man. Everyone just play it safe. Be smart. Make good decisions. And because we want know, this, yeah, we want this. They want this. I know they want this. I mean, they didn't put this time in since back in the fall for nothing. So, yeah, just make good decisions and play your best baseball. Absolutely, man. We are 100% looking forward to that. Moving on here with the show, some games and series that you need to be watching around the nation. Going to kick things off, Cody, with Point versus Brian, LSUS versus LSUA, Our Lady of the Lake versus UHV, Faulkner, Middle Georgia, St. Francis and Judson, Jamestown, Doan, Madonna, CUAA, and as well on top of all of that, you know, you could do any of the series that we talked about earlier in the G Pack with Concordia and Hastings, Concordia Dakota Wesleyan, Doan Jamestown, you know, like we mentioned earlier, St. Ambrose against IU South Bend. I mean, just a lot to be watching as we head into the final weekend of the regular season, Cody. Anything stick out to you? Yeah, just the conference races that we mentioned earlier. I'm just going to be tuned in, man. Anytime you can crown a conference champion, especially in a league where you're going to be punching a ticket to the opening round. I'm going to be tuned in. Yeah, that and, and on top of that, that Faulkner Middle Georgia series is going to be really interesting. Obviously, if Loyola goes out there and they take care of business against Blue Mountain, it's it's done. It's over. They they win the series, then it's it's all good and clear. That's going to be really interesting to see, though, because Faulkner has an opportunity. Middle Georgia has an opportunity to improve their standing overall in the eyes of the nation, getting ready to compete for a a, a larger bid. I, I do think it's a three-team league anyway. But then Faulkner, at the same time, has their both of those teams have an opportunity to increase their standing in the the eyes of the nation. Uh, Faulkner, you know, with more top twenty-five wins, and a Middle Georgia State with what could be a top ten win for them over Faulkner. So that's going to be a really really good series to watch as. Well, Cody, it is time for our big series of the week brought to you by shopsilverback.com, Silverback Sports, and at Shop Silverback. And it is for the Heart of America regular season championship. Central Methodist, Clark. Clark is 32 and 14, 20 and 8 in conference play. They're hitting 298 as a team. 
They have a 352 team ERA. Donovan Curiel is hitting 360 with 63 hits, seven home runs, and 31 RBIs. Travis McFarlane is hitting 301 with 12 home runs and 44 RBIs. And then Jacob Kerman, man, has just been absolutely incredible for Clark over the years. 271 ERA, 9-0 record, 69 and two-thirds innings pitch, 72 punch-outs. For Central Methodist, 38-5, and 24-3 in conference play. 349 team average, 320 team ERA. Sergio Macias is hitting 413 with 15 home runs and 50 RBIs. Logan Herring is hitting 406 with 18 home runs and 45 RBIs. I have to mention Mason Schwellenbach because he can hit the ball really far and he's got a 247 ERA on the bump. And then Nick Merkel has a 161 ERA with a 9 0 record. 61 in a third innings pitch, 79 strikeouts. Cody, man, this is a big one as well. Absolutely massive series because you're playing for a conference banner. While you're not playing for an automatic bid, you're playing for a one seed in the tournament and a conference banner. I mean, you get to be the regular season champion. Central Methodist, you've been a top five team in the nation all year. I think you're going dancing regardless. Clark, you want to put your best foot forward. I know you want to get that one seed, try to get yourself into the tournament final. I did hear the other day that they switched back to now in this conference, they're awarding two bids and they'll go to the tournament champion and the tournament runner up. They was going to go to potentially another one, but they were going to go another way around it. But now they're going back to just straight up tournament champion, tournament runner up. So obviously the higher seed it is, the better matchups you get. Clark has the pitching. Alec Thomas, the 165 ERA, as you mentioned, just 91 strikeouts and 60 innings. You know me, I'm a big K per nine guy and it's obviously his numbers are really good. Uh, Jacob Kerman's been a four-year guy. It's just been an absolute dog for them. Like you said, 9-0 and in the season. Uh, they did not play Central Methodist in the year, so I'm actually really looking forward to this. Big, big opportunity for both teams. I want to see how Kerman and Thomas do. Because we mentioned it before, I do feel like Clark has the pitching to, you know, if they were able to get into an opening round, they have some orange teams that we've not seen before, like in terms of quality. As for Central Methodist, this is a Lewiston team. Would it surprise me if Central Methodist lost this series? Yes, it would because I think Central Memphis is a team that's on a path to go to Lewiston. And uh, this is obviously, this is their first step. Postseason play is officially starting for them now. So I look forward to seeing them lock in. Cody, when it comes to the ARC ranking, which is, for those of you at home that don't know, you know, and I think players care more about the top 25 more than anything because they want that rating. They want that number next to their school name. They want, but the top 25, Cody, does not matter. It does not matter. It is the thing given the least amount of importance and this point of the year. And what matters is the arc, the strength of schedule, the bow chip, who you've played, who you you've done well against, who your quality wins are, who your top 25 wins are. And when it comes to the arc ranking in the North arc, central Methodist is one Clark is seventh. And this is a huge opportunity for Clark to to improve their standing in the eyes of the people who make the decisions at the end of the year. You know, should Clark fall short in that conference tournament? But even if they don't, I mean, the opportunity to be a one seed in this tournament is absolutely massive for them and still turn a lot of heads should something happen in that tournament where they don't get a bid. I agree, absolutely. I mean, I think this is a big-time matchup. I like having the best-of-three championship series, kind of like what the GSAC is doing. Now, obviously, this one's not for all the marbles, but hey, I still like it, man. I like anytime you get, like, a best-of-three, it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, this is going to be pretty interesting. I'm, I'm really interested to see that, uh, what happens here, and it'll be really, really, really fantastic to watch. It'll be good baseball. I, Jacob Kerman has been just a really solid pitcher for the last couple of years. 
at Clark in the HAAC, and then Central Methodist has been good all the way around this season. So I'm um, I'm really interested to see in this one, man. There's it's our big series of the week for a reason. It is going to be really really good baseball this weekend, man. Cody, a lot to unpack from this show, a lot to that we went over a lot of conference races to give you a quick update. It's the fifth inning with William Jessup and hope international. It's four two William Jessup when we're getting ready to leave y'all here. So that'll be something that we'll have more of an update on you for you tomorrow at NAI ball on Twitter for all of your new stat scores and information, man. Final thoughts for the week, Cody. I guess I was telling you off here. I'm proud of us for doing 14 weeks in a row. If anyone's been following us for years, you know, that's not been the norm. We usually miss a week here or there. But uh, no, we started this late January. Uh, we were watching GSAC. Remember GSAC, they always open up first. Uh, I want to say I was watching Westmont open up the year a long time ago uh, when we first started our show. And now here we are watching Hope International for a chance to win a division. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to the postseason, looking forward to that opening round conference tournaments. Uh, our best part of the season is yet to come. So I'm really excited. That's the best thing, man, is our best part of the year has yet to come. We are going to have. And if you've never been a part of a postseason with us, you're in for a treat because we are going to have conference tournament shows, a conference tournament show that we are going to pick a winner and a bid, you know, for each, every single conference in the nation we're going to talk about, which probably will be happening next week. And then on top of that, we are going to have an opening round show where we're going to pick a winner and we're going to dive into all nine opening round sites. On top of that, during the opening rounds, we're going to have nightly recaps on Instagram Live for you to talk opening round scores, finals, and any big highlights anybody might need from around the nation. On top of that, we've got the World Series. And if Twitter gives us Twitter spaces, man, we were going to have some really cool live content on Twitter for y'all. But if not, it'll be Instagram Live at the end of the day for the updates as well as keeping you tuned in through Twitter. So the way you get all of these new stat scores information and keep up with exactly what's going on around the nation, your best source for small college baseball around the nation, the number one source for small college baseball around the nation is going to be at NAI ball on Twitter for Cody Butler. Everything you need is there for myself, the host of the NAI ball podcast, Rob Gutierrez at Rob G one zero six three on Twitter as well. If you want to give me a follow. So that'll do it for us this week, a jam packed show. Thank you for listening as always to season four, episode 14, 14 straight weeks of the NAI ball podcast have come and gone. So for our intern, Connor Darnell for Cody Butler, I'm your host, Rob Gutierrez wishing you a great night, an even better tomorrow. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon.